guys in short sports Los Angeles. If you're a sports fan and you're bipolar, then boy, have we got a show for you. The past week saw your Los Angeles Dodgers go up three games to nothing on the Cubs in the NLCS. Also, we got wins out of the Rams over Jacksonville, USC over Utah, and the Galaxy over Nobody Cares. Plus, <laughs> the Kings are 4-0-1 in their young season. Unfortunately, this past week also saw losses from UCLA and the Raiders and a win by the Chargers. But even more notably, the U.S. men's national team has been eliminated from World Cup qualifying. Uh, I'll repeat that. They weren't eliminated from the World Cup. They were eliminated from even going to the World Cup. Come on, USA. Vic and Eric are not taking it so well. You guys okay? I feel... I feel I feel blindsided. I didn't know you were going to hit me right over the head with that one. <laughs> to, to start the show, what the hell? Who knew this was coming? Uh, but to help uh, you guys through this difficult time, on today's episode, we're all sharing our all-time lows as sports fans. So the worst moment we can remember as a sports fan. For example, for Ben, that's anytime Kershaw pitches into the sixth. <laughs> This is going to be a good one. So quickly, before we get started, if you like what you hear, be sure to follow us on Twitter and all other social media platforms. You can get that info at guysinshorts.com. Let's get this pity party started, shall we? I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Victor Costello. Six games, six wins. <laughs> yes, congratulations, brother. Darren Besa. What's this? The Rams are back on top in the NFC West. Oh, Go yes, Rams. they are. Benjamin Garcia. Hoop-de-hoop. And Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Hashtag fear the beard. <laughs> <laughs> you do fear that beard. That guy, that guy is a beast. And he's a good baseball player, too, and, on and top that, of it. And that also. <laughs> so, uh, full disclosure, this is actually a guys in shorts first. It took 85 episodes for us finally to um, record a show where we're not all in the room together. This is this is different. N not a one. We're all live via yeah, satellite. Yeah, this is going to be way different. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's different, but, but uh, we're professionals. I think we can handle this. And you guys sound great. Can you hear me all right? We can do this. Yes. I, I, I don't think we're doing the sound test now. I think we're already live. <laughs> oh, oh, we're, oh, oh, that's right. I just did the intro. Okay. Well, before we talk Dodgers, because that's obviously the biggest news of the week, I feel like we should promote a new member to the family of the Guys in Shorts podcasts, and that is Hammer and Vic put together a new soccer show called Guys in Shorts FC. And I, I think, guys, right, wasn't this going to be something for next season, but the uh, the whole debacle with the U.S. men's national team kind of kind of prompted a, a, a special episode? Yeah, they, they forced our hand. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we had talked about doing an uh, offshoot show because as much as Ben loves our updates in studio, I feel yes, like he, I needed, he needed an extra dose of soccer. So uh, Victor and myself were going to bring all of the happenings in Los Angeles soccer with the Galaxy, of course, because we know I could go on for hours on them, but with also LAFC joining the fold and then U.S. national team, we were presuming 
<laughs> that a World <laughs> yeah. Cup might be uh, <laughs> happening. Uh, but so so that was part of why uh, Victor and myself decided to go live because it was a truly heartbreaking um, loss last week, and we just felt like we mm. needed for yeah. our own therapy's sake just to get it all out and and share our feelings and share what we thought and we figured what what better time to test it out and and try the format with the soccer show and and we put together uh 50 plus minutes of talking about <laughs> yes, a single game did. of so, course you did yeah. <laughs> you're about the only guy that can out talk the king show <laughs> <laughs> We didn't know, go over I an that hour. As a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Were you guys laying on leather couches when you did that show? Because that was definitely a therapy session. Yeah. It, and the music it part of be. that, the music part of that podcast was when when Eric's. Uh, we were, I think it was around minute thirty-seven, and Eric said, "Boy, this is going to be a tight two and a half hour episode." On <laughs> <laughs> I'm self-aware. Nothing for, else. How you, yeah. How you can stick with it for thirty-seven minutes is just unbelievable to me. <laughs> Ben, Ben, oh. we think of the same thing about the uh, the Kardashians or The Bachelor or whatever else that you watch. We feel the right. same way. Right. Well, I fast forward through commercials, so that's about 37 minutes. I think <laughs> <laughs> Ben's not even on the hate couch this week. <laughs> I, think, I don't think, I think we can keep ben playing lives the, in couch. the hate couch. Yeah. I'm sitting I'm sitting at ground zero hate couch, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fully I, I, concentrated. I, I, yeah, I'll tell you what though that that loss really took a lot out of Eric and I, and I know it took a lot of, a lot out of uh, you know soccer fans here in the U.S. across the nation, and um, that was just our way of letting our frustrations out and trying to figure out exactly what happened. Um, you do have to, uh, or we have to apologize for some of the audio issues that we had. Like we said, we weren't planning to go live at that point. I was scrambling at the last minute to to make sure everything was working, and um, but I think. I think we put on a good show. Yeah, it's, uh, it's probably going to change a little bit from. It's probably going to change a little bit from here until you know when we actually launch. Launch. Um, like I said, Eric and I haven't even really got together and talked about the format of the show. We just felt like this warranted uh, an episode, a special episode, if you will, um, from us, mainly because we needed to get it off our chest. It was a bad, yes. dark moment. Oh, absolutely. Why well, I, I knew it was a dark moment when we don't hear from Eric for for a good <laughs> few hours after the game and he's <laughs> posting like a madman on Twitter. <laughs> Seriously. Was, just crushing. It was, brutal. It was the, absolutely the brutal. We're going to talk about all-time lows and I have I have a couple that I think I could mention, but with no hyperbole, I could tell you that as a soccer fan, this was an all-time low moment to have the US not only you know, knocked out, but in the fashion and that they went out where they needed other things to go wrong in other games and everything went wrong. And it was just, it was truly spectacular. And, and I, I mentioned it on, on, on the FC show, if you want to listen to it, it was a, uh, a revelation for me that took me to some deep depths. Uh, and I know Jeff enjoyed my Santa Claus reference. So <laughs> yes, spoiler yes, alert, I if you did. haven't yes, told I your did. kids. Yeah. About Santa Claus, you might not want to listen to this one. Not with yeah. your kids in the car. <laughs> Real quick, before we move on, just one question in, in listening to the show. Is this the kick in the pants that the U.S. men's team needs to shake things up and 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 oh. get the ship righted? Or, or is it going to continue to be business as usual? I wish we could say yes. Go ahead, Eric. 
<laughs> yeah, well, okay. Victor already knows what I'm going to say. Um, I, I, it should be. This should be the thing that makes us look ourselves in the mirror and, and turn things around and figure something out. But with the moves that U.S. soccer has made in the past and the way that the president of U.S. soccer, who's a guy named Sunil Galati, the comments that he made, he's refusing to resign um, when this kind of falls on his shoulders. He's making comments like this is not that big of a deal. Uh, Bruce Arena has already resigned as coach, so he's taken ownership for that. So I, I just I don't think that the people who count, the people who are in charge of U.S. soccer, see this as a big a blow as it really is. This is a devastating blow for U.S. soccer, for soccer in the United States, and it's 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 awful. This is an awful place that um, the U.S. team has put us in, and it's going to take a lot of hard work and some thinking and some serious looking in the mirror to get out of it. And I don't think that the people who are in charge are going to know how to get us out of here. So I don't have confidence that the U.S. is that this is going to be the slap in the face that it really should be. Okay. One one last question. I know I said one question. I meant I meant two. <laughs> <laughs> one more. This this was nah, a question. You're I killing me, to ask. Jeff. You're killing so me. We all <laughs> welcome back to Guys in Shorts FC. I know, right? <laughs> so we all know that the World Cup and and like that whole like soccer's corrupt everywhere, right? Isn't isn't that true? Is there any scenario where we pay off the right people and can still get the U.S. in? Wow. It is being hosted in Russia. So if it were going to happen oh. somewhere, um, then maybe that's. But but here's uh, there there are a couple scenarios. There was a, a replay match that needed to be played in Africa because of a match fixing scandal. One of the referees was paid off, so they needed to replay the game. Um, the, the other thing that came up is the goal. One of the goals that Panama, who's one of the nations that qualified in the U.S.'s group, they got a goal called for them that never crossed the line. It wasn't really a goal. It was a phantom goal. So some people were saying, well, if they call that goal back, then maybe they make them replay it or something happens. It's never going to happen. But that would be an outside scenario, but it's just never going to happen. Once the games are done, they don't go back like that. They don't retroactively no. No. Um, go back and replay games unless it's something where they discover that a referee was paid off and something weird happened. But nothing happened in the USA game that was corrupt or fishy or weird. They just played like dog shit. And that's the reason that they're going home. And the day that we start saying, I hope that we could find that there was match fixing and I hope that someone right. else does something to get us into the World Cup is the day that I stop being a fan. Because when you play as poorly as the U.S. did, you do not deserve to go to a World Cup. And I don't want to go to a World Cup on some type of false pretense. Boom. That just happened. All right. You know what? That's that's uh, that's low. Let's let's go high. Exciting. I told you this was going to be a bipolar episode. Let's talk Dodgers, <laughs> gentlemen. Congratulations. Going up 3-0 on the Cubs. Oh, let's go it feels Dodgers. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I feel like if we were in the room, we'd I was going to say this via satellite, the clap doesn't doesn't work as good. Yeah. It doesn't translate. Yeah, it's kind of hard to translate. Add in the sound effects. We'll fix there that in go. post. So at time of recording, you guys literally just uh, won game three uh, about 20 minutes ago. Um, talk us through it. How how are we feeling as Dodger fans? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. The Dodgers picked the right hashtag to, to describe this team perfectly, and it's, it's literally this team. Like, 
I, I, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts what this team has accomplished so far in this playoff in this playoff run. And um, you can only hope and pray that they continue to do it because the way that they're playing right now, there really isn't. Um, Anybody out there? I don't care if it's the Houston Astros or the or the Yankees. Uh, they won't they they won't beat this team if they continue to play the way that they're they're playing. And um, I'm. Can we just talk about Justin Turner really quick? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. JT. That was a crazy moment in Dodger history. I mean, the guy hits a home run. A, a, the first Dodger to hit a game winning postseason walk off home run since another guy named Kurt Gibson did it. To on the date that Kurt Gibson did it, I mean that is that is just crazy that talk crazy. right there, and and that's like special voodoo going on. It really, really is. And are you guys ready for some useless stats of the of the week? And I have more are than we, one, by ben, the way. Ben, that's what that's why I called in. Useless stat of the week by Victor Costello. There it is. All now right, here ready. we go. Okay, so who the these are stats prior to tonight's game? Okay, because I just had to share these. The highest career postseason OPS with a minimum 90 plate appearances. Number one is Lou Gehrig with 1.214. Number two is Babe Ruth with 1.214. Number three, Justin Turner with 1.115. Wow. What's now, OPS? You'll, you'll, have to, you'll have to excuse me. Are those good players, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> They're okay. They're okay. This was written on the Dodgers board before the, before that game when when Justin Turner hit that uh, that beautiful beautiful home run. It was written on the board. All mothers give birth to children, not ours though. Ours gives ours give birth to fucking legends. Win the day. Love that. <laughs> That's hmm. pretty good. How was that a useless so stat of the week? Yeah. It's not. I just wanted to say it. Uh, Justin <laughs> Turner with run- <laughs> yeah, Justin Turner with runners in scoring position uh, prior to tonight's game in in the postseason. He has 13 hits and 18 at bats. That is just that is wild, you guys. Um, and lastly, uh, before last night's game, the Dodgers had thrown nearly 500 fewer playoff pitches than the Cubs so far, 628 versus 125. Wow. That is still in, into that many games into the playoffs was still lower than Arizona's 683. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I feel there you like go. That's all right, there's my stats. At all. That's a, that's an amazing stat. <laughs> that's meaningful. Well, you know, you know what that is? That, that that's telling you that that the Dodgers are getting it done early in the count. If you start pitching from behind in the count, then, you know, the pitch count goes up, foul pitches go up. Um and so the fact that 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 statistic is there, and and the player and the teams that we're playing against, their pitch count is up. We're getting into their bullpens, and and that's where the Dodgers are doing the damages in the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings. And it's been a fun, it's been fun to watch this entire postseason. And it really I think has. That's the one thing. That's the one thing in the past that has kind of plagued them is that runnings runners in scoring scoring position. And this year, they're managing. They're finding a way to get it done. You know, today's game. You Darvish with the the fake bunt oh. and, and forcing and getting in the head of the pitcher and forcing forcing yeah, the walk with the bases loaded. I mean that's that's where they're at right now. They're just you know it, it, it feels like they're unstoppable. And the the crazy stat that I think of and that I look at is you know worst case scenario the Dodgers need four more games to close out this series. You know worst case scenario yeah. they would need seven in the World Series. So that's eleven games. And they need to win five out of those. Like you're telling me, in a, in an eleven game stretch, the way the Dodgers are playing, they can't win five games, and that's what makes you know your your balls really start to tingle. 
is when you start thinking, <laughs> you know, thinking you know what else? five more wins. My, my answer to that is, though, but you guys can't, couldn't get one win during the regular season when you lost 15, what, 16 or so straight. What's Listen, the difference now? There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't even <laughs> remember that stretch. What's the difference now between that regular season and this postseason? What makes the Dodgers this team? Because we're in the playoffs. Just because I think it's as simple right as that. Yeah, I think they, yeah, got, I, I, they lost I, their focus. This everyone. Is I, I don't even know right if they now. really lost their focus. I really think that it was a plan taking the foot off the pedal, um, and we're going to play around with the with the lineup, and we're not going to let teams know exactly what's coming, who's going to be on the team, what they need to look out for. I, I really do think it was planned. I don't. I don't think they planned to lose that many games. Wow. Don't get me wrong, but I really do think that they were planning to. Uh, uh, change things up a bit uh, until they got into the closer to the playoffs, and you, you saw it as soon as there was like what ten games left. They went what was it? Yeah, uh, seven eight and three or, three or yeah. seven and three to end the season. Like as soon as the season was with, yeah. was was within reach, they turned it on. Not necessarily turned it on, but they started playing the way they were playing before. So I, I, I'm of the uh, you know of the camp thinking that they were okay with losing some of those games. I don't think they're okay with losing that many because I don't think anybody is, but I do think yeah. it was sort of a planned thing. And right. can can we just give some some props to Dave Roberts? I mean, this guy, I, you know, I I'm going to pull a Ben right now. I saw this coming. When they first hired when they first hired uh, <laughs> Dave Roberts, um, before the season even started, I was on board and I was like, I like this guy. Uh, this guy is going to make, this guy is going to be really good. I love the way he, you know, and, I, and, and, I, and to this day, he, tonight, he puts in Jacques Peterson and Andre Ethier. What does Andre Ethier yeah. do? Oh, just ties the game with the home run. What does Jacques yeah. do? Ah, he hits a double and scores a run. And then he doesn't pinch hit for you, Darvish, and is like, well, you know, throw three strikes. Darvish wasn't going to swing. He was, I guarantee you, he was told, don't swing. And what happens? A four-pitch walk, four walk and a run comes in. That's, that's, that's managing right there, you guys. I, I think it's sabermetrics. Yep. I think it's, it's the fact that they knew that that pitcher has, has a, an issue with control and that if you put him in a pressure situation, make him throw a strike. And, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Dave Roberts, whoever is on his staff that's doing those metrics that is reporting back to him and telling you know the players and, and giving them the videos to watch to prepare for their next at-bat, whatever that chemistry is or whatever whatever they're doing, it's working. And, and I hope that the guys behind the scenes, they continue to be there for the next four or five years while this window is still open after we win this World Series so that we can win another three or four and be considered one of the best teams ever. Yeah, it's so funny that you bring that up because that's a conversation that I was having earlier also is that the Dodgers, the way they're doing it right now, it's 100% a computer program. They are just going in and plugging in the pieces and, you know, tinkering with the red wire and the blue wire. And this is 100% Sabermetrics and uh, Dave Roberts oh, yeah. and all of the computers behind the scenes. They're all... They're just doing it exactly like a program, like a computer program, and everything is just firing exactly the way it's supposed to. And so they're not, you know, this isn't the old school, you know, out slug them. This is a smart baseball team who's being yep. smartly managed, and we're, we're seeing an excellent performance in the postseason right now. I mean, if you just look at the, his handling of the rotation, I mean, you got Kenta Maeda, you got Brandon Morrow, and you got Singieri, or however you say his name. Like, they know which guys in the lineup that they're going to pitch to. So what it's done, 
done in, in preparation is it's reduced the number of batters that they need to study. And so if they know they're going to pitch to maybe two or three left-handers that are you know in the consecutive in the order or two or three right-handers, that's who they're looking at because that's they know that that's who they're going to come in and see. And so Roberts has got confidence that they'll be able to get through those guys. And, and so that's why they're hitting their spots. And then as, even if that pitcher looks good, like he can go an extra you know inning or even a couple of extra outs, he's yanking them and he's bringing in the next area because that guy's prepared for the, whoever's coming up in that lineup. So, it, you know, this is not something that you traditionally see in the regular season. And, and so this is, this is specific to the playoffs. It's specific to the team that we're playing. And, and that's what Roberts, that's what he's brought to this organization. This is what they didn't have when Mattingly was there. And again, I don't know if this is in, from the general manager down or from the president of baseball operations or if this is from just the, the head coach or manager and, and Dave Roberts, but whatever's happening, it's working. It's from Dave Roberts because this is the same organization that had Mattingly. Not only that, but let's, first of all, point A, they're doing all this without Corey Seager. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah great <laughs> okay. point. This is all without Corey Seager on the field and in the lineup. And Ben's, I think Ben's completely right as far as the pitchers. They know who they're going to see. They know what's going to be coming up. How many different lineups and an order of different lineups has the Cubs seen? There hasn't been one straight game from game to game where it's the same lineup with the same people batting in the same order. So these pitchers who are facing the Dodgers don't know, they don't have that comfort of knowing exactly what to expect next. Co- Cody Bellinger batted second tonight. Puig was in, you know, fifth. Um, you have constantly players coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And it's it's like throwing curveballs every game to these pitchers. And, and it's just brilliantly managed. Everybody in that dugout is doing an outstanding job. And this is just so fun to watch. It's It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Quickly before we move on, who would you guys uh, knock on wood? Should you, you know, move on to the World Series? Don't want to be too cocky. Who would you rather beat, the Yankees or Houston? <laughs> I, d- I don't really care. I'd rather see, I just want the trophy. I'd rather see the Yankees. I, you know what? Just because the Yankees are, you know, the Yankees of baseball. And it, who better to beat in the World Series when you are? Who you know, cares? It, you have the World Series. Oh, Vic, it, it'll make the thirty Vic, for thirty you're better. The, uh, you're, you're giving the. Would you want a boy or a girl? Well, as long as it's healthy. Come on, we know you want one of them. No. Of course, you want to beat the Yankees. No, I really don't. I. I opened this up and I said, I, I don't care who it is. If, if the Dodgers are playing like this, then it doesn't matter. And I don't care if they beat the Yankees. I don't care if they beat the Astros. All that matters to me is that you win the World Series, and I don't care who you do it against. <laughs> hey, what makes your 30 for 30 better? Uh, I want to That's see That's, you guys beat the Yankees so bad. Yeah. And I it, it hate I hate it because it means I got to root for the Yankees in this series. But man, that would just be great. <laughs> I need to add the one part that I will agree with Victor is that. I really, the way the Dodgers are playing right now, I don't think it matters who they get. I think that if they just keep doing what they're doing, they'll take them on. The Yankees will be a better story, especially with the East Coast bias and everyone drooling all over Aaron Judge. To shut them up and to have the Dodgers win would be that Dude, much he has the, the, awesome. the strikeout record already. Screw that All right, guy. We'll, we'll save that for the Yankees pod. Moving on, let's talk <laughs> some USC football. Hammer, what do you got for us? USC went into the Coliseum and they took on the Utah Utes. So they, there were a bunch of youths coming into Southern California. <laughs> this was a game for Sam Darnold to avenge his loss. His first start last season was against Utah at Utah, a weekday game and USC couldn't get it done late in the game and Utah went on to win. So this was a little bit of a revenge game. And the game got off to a slow start. 
Sam Darnold, again, wasn't connecting on his passes. They did not look good. There were some major fumbles in the red zone where USC looked like they were in scoring position, and then uh, Ronald Jones uh, coughed up the ball. Um, we had him, a bad handoff caused the fumble, and there was another a, a, a backward pass where Ronald Jones just stared at it, and USC just looked off. Utah was shutting down the run. Uh, they completely shut down the run, and then USC wasn't clicking. So they went into halftime down 21-7, to and oh, things were not looking ouch. good at the half. And, uh, you know, just a little side note, a sidebar, is this is the first game that I actually took both my kids to. So, you know, my daughter, who's five, and my son, who's two, this was a chance, you know, night game. It wasn't going to be too hot. Going to, you know, show them SC, show them the campus. They'll get to see the horse. And then, of course, USC's losing. And being as superstitious as I am, I, I said, you know, this is that's going to be their last game. I guess I guess they're not going to come oh, back because, it, you know, <laughs> this is it. If they're the bad luck charm, I can't bring them back. That's just I the way it is. It. <laughs> so, so, so we went into the the second half, and USC put a complete performance together. Um, Utah, like I mentioned, was shutting down the run, so they went full Josh Rosen and passed the ball all day. And so Sam Darnold had 50 attempts. He had 50 attempts and um, was able to get some TDs, and they looked good. They took the lead, 28 to 21, in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter, and Utah battled back in the final seconds to score a touchdown to make it 28-27. And what does Utah do with seconds left on the clock, or with about a minute left on the clock? They go for two. They go for the win, and going for the two-point conversion as opposed to trying to kick the field goal oh, and tie no. the game. So so Utah, we were very lucky that we shut Utah down on the two-point conversion, and they won the game 28-27. But um, this could have been an overtime game, and it may have ended very differently wow. um, had Utah converted or had something happened. But, um, you know, so we can thank Utah's big balls for yeah, our win. Yeah, that's ballsy. What are they thinking? In this case... I, they were just trying, they were away trying to maybe surprise because when you're in these situations, the last thing USC wants is Utah to go for two. They're probably prepping for overtime. So it's, I, I think it, it, everyone in the Coliseum was definitely fearful that Utah was going to score there. But, um, you know, defense came up, came up huge and Utah, they shut Utah down on that, um, on that two point conversion. So at the end of the day, USC is six and one, and with some other key losses in the Pac-12, Washington State, uh, you know, they lost one of their games. They laid an egg. Washington laid an egg. They didn't play well this weekend, so they lost. So the Pac-12 North looks like it was busted wide open. And so if USC could just continue to eke out these wins, you know, might, they might be in the conversation. Their offense. Um, you know, is not clicking, and this this just may be who they are. They may not have an elite offense, but their defense is is championship caliber defense, and that's going to keep them in games and keep them in the conversation. And they're going away to Notre Dame rivalry game. Notre Dame is ranked; they're ranked 13th, and so we'll see um, if they can go to Indiana and steal a win. They're not favored to win, but we'll see. This is going to be a huge game this weekend, rivalry game. Notre Dame USC for the Shillelagh. One of the best games of the season. Always yeah. an exciting game. So we'll see where that goes. Nice. Good stuff. Well, congrats on the win. Uh, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, USC fans <laughs> talking UCLA football. Do we do we have anything? I hope we have more than the box score for friend of the show, Chuck Huddleston. <laughs> this is what he Listen, waits for we don't every have week. much more... 
than the box score, but we do have more than the box score. We have UCLA went away to Arizona, who traditionally UCLA, you know, kind of lays the hurt on Arizona from season to season. But this year, Arizona bit them back. They they beat UCLA. They could not get it done against Arizona. They ended up losing the game 47 to 30. Arizona was just running all over them. They had some picks. They had some a quarterback just go nuts with his rushing yards. And uh, UCLA just <laughs> did not look good. And so the question that I think is the takeaway from this game, it really has nothing to do with the game. I think Ben touched on this a couple weeks ago, is the Jim Mora era at UCLA is, is pretty much over. They have not been able to put anything together over his tenure. You know, the passing game has... has has been the highlight, but everything else has really failed spectacularly. And so I think now rumors are starting to circulate that Chip Kelly is looking to get back into college football and that UCLA may be one of his targets. So I think that's going to be the story for the rest of the season is to keep an eye on if Chip Kelly is going to be the UCLA head coach, you know, come next season because the way UCLA is playing, they're not putting it together. They're losing to teams that they normally beat and it's, it's, it looks like another uh, a, a dud of a season for UCLA, which is not good. There's the downswing of the, uh, the bipolar episode that we're, that we're bringing here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking our all-time lows. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll bring some fun to it, some, some energy. It's not. It's not a. It's not. It's not a full-on therapy session for like, uh, wah, like Vic and wah, Eric. Wah. <laughs> we also got Rams, Raiders, Chargers, and the beloved Galaxy. Right after this, you love guys in short sports. Sometimes yeah. you don't have to spit on it to get it in, you know. <laughs> and you love your LA King. We've gone on a three-zero losing streak, getting bit Ouch. by the Coyotes, Panthers, Ducks. Oh, bad puns, yeah. really? <laughs> that was for you, James. <laughs> Thanks. Now you get the best of both with the Guys in Shorts Kings show. I now have all-star blue balls now. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> you already jinxed the jinx. You can't do that shit. Uh, you blame Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd they lose? Brexit. Brexit. We All fly right. at 11. <laughs> Search Guys in Shorts Kings show on iTunes or SoundCloud. <laughs> we are back. All right. As we all know... When you're a sports fan, you pour your heart and soul into your team, your players, your your all that. And 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 while when the when the highs are really good, there's also the lows, and they are really low. And so today we're talking our all-time lows that we've experienced with our with our teams and our players and and all that stuff. Gentlemen, you you got some uh, some lows to talk about. Any sports fan oh, has a low to yes. talk about. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I'll tell you what. I'll start it off. My all time low is actually it's one of those moments where you remember where you were when you heard the news, and that was when we heard that Magic Johnson had HIV because it was. Yeah. Wow. I totally hmm. forgot about that. Back in the, yeah. I remember I was at a bowling alley. It was after junior high school, and mm -hmm. and we were in this like school bowling league, and the news just kind of spread. And that yeah. was back in a time when we were still kind of ignorant about HIV. And certainly in junior high, you didn't know. I mean, you kind of just assumed that. Wow. Well, he's gonna die in a couple years, and and yeah. he can't do anything. And you didn't even think of it as a sports story. It was. It was like this was a guy you grew to love, and you were more worried about him, his personal life, than you were about your team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and also, like, there was kind of that, I mean, you're in junior high, and I, I mean, you don't know much about AIDS, but there's kind of that stigma that goes along with, well, like, how did he get it, and what what's going on there? Yeah. And, like, it just kind of was like this this childhood hero that you had, and now this this cloud and you didn't know if he was going to survive this and oh it was crushing i yeah. still to this day i think i think that's that's my sports all-time low and it's funny that you mentioned like remembering where you were because i remember being at my grandmother's house and our whole family was there and the press conference was about to go on and i, re- I remember exactly what you're saying it just being a really odd you know the parent parents my parents not knowing exactly how to explain you know this because yeah. i didn't understand you know well, what does that mean and 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 you know what is this why can't he play because of this and so yeah that was totally a, a moment that's a, a, a crushing blow and a, a confusing moment to you as a kid and and yeah i, I totally remember where i was when, when that news conference happened uh but obviously turned out for the best and uh, magic johnson's still with us thankfully and and kicking and turning ass Hey, and turning two LA teams back around, hopefully. Hails to the there year! You go. Wow, <laughs> love it. All right, who there else has a who else has an all time low? Actually, I'll go ahead and piggyback off of yours, Jeff, um, because there's two times that I can remember literally tearing up over sports, and um, I had the same one of the one of the ones that I've had. I actually have two, but one of the ones that you know really hit me was exactly what you just said was when Maddie Johnson announced he had HIV. Uh, he was my favorite player. He still is my favorite Laker of all time. And I remember literally being sad when I heard the news. Um, and at that time, like you said, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're still a kid and like processing that and along with, you know, thinking that he is going to die and knowing, you know, who he was as a player, it, it was, it was absolutely horrible. So, uh, kudos to you. Jeff for picking one of the worst sports moments <laughs> in history yeah. for this LA is really fans. Hard to I'm turn glad this I have appreciate the fun you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. You're welcome. My other one though, um, my other time where I remember tearing up was literally uh, when the U.S. did not qualify. I was in a fog. Like I was literally sitting, standing there, staring at the TV. As in the other night? <laughs> yes. The other yes. day. That's yeah, I, you don't. I don't think you. Yeah, you guys. You guys. Yeah. You'll never understand said, yeah. what it felt like. You'll never understand what it felt like because this is your. This is your nation. This is your. This isn't just the Lakers. This is the team representing the United States of America and your favorite sport. And and you've watched these guys come up from you know the under seventeen, under eighteen, under nineteen teams, and. Uh, we're supposed to go like we're not supposed to be one of these teams that's not there was no ever a doubt in my mind that we were going like it just didn't it just doesn't happen to the u.s team anymore and i was literally didn't didn't know what to do with myself like i was like well what like this can't be real like this is fake right like how is this happening because exactly what eric said was everything needed to go wrong and literally Everything went wrong. Like it could not have gone any worse in the way that it did. And I remember going into the kitchen, and I'm like, I need to, like, I need to do something because I'm like in a literally in a fog. And my wife was like afraid to talk to me because she didn't know what was going on. And I'm just like literally like feeling depressed that the team lost. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. So those are my my two. I hope you guys enjoy them. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's surprising. You know what's surprising to me, Vic. 
Vic, you know what's surprising to me <laughs> is that you chose that over the, the, the U.S. Dream Team losing and getting third place in the World Championships over or soccer over that. I mean, I don't even know how you do that. I played soccer since I was five until, you know, uh, until I was in my early 20s on, on teams. I didn't play basketball my entire life. Like, my sport is soccer. And, um, uh, yeah, that didn't matter as much to me at all mm. compared to the not making the World Cup. Ugh. Hammer, you got an all-time low? Heartbreaker. <laughs> well, because Ben wants same to hear exact more about thing? soccer. No, for Christ's sake. I, you guys, listen, I, I, that's why you have an FC show, so we don't have to talk soccer anymore. Look, at the Kings have a show, we barely mention them. The Ram show, we have, and then we say, hey, check out more on the Ram show. We need to learn from that and speak well, a lot less soccer. How, how about then we talk to you, Ben? Let, there, there has to be some sort of uh, traumatizing low that happened in your history that has turned you into the the... the Shining example of a sports fan that you are today. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> There's been plenty. You know what's funny is is I, I put together a small list and and I've been trying to select which one hurt me the most. So what I'll do is I'll because I, I have three of them. So I'll tell I'll tell you what where the hate started. And then oh, oh man, this is gonna get oh, dark. Then, we're gonna dig deep. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna go a different direction. I, I thought you were I'll gonna say, you. you know, I looked back at all my my accomplishments and I realized I, I don't have any failures. I, that's what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you where it started, and then I'll tell you where I became full hate couch. To, and to, so it's to it, all the listeners out there, hide all the sharp objects. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> this is gonna get dark. If you see something, say something. Yeah, it's not, but I think I'm going to trigger. I'm going to trigger at least a reaction in two of the three. The first one happened probably Vic. I think you were 65 at the time. It was I think in 1985 when Tom <laughs> gave up that home run to the St. Louis. Cardinals. Oh yeah, I think that was to the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, that was the first time where I remember feeling just pain and ache. I probably felt like an A's fan when Kirk Gibson hit that home run. That. You know, just like the world was over, and I and I think that that's where I started to protect myself, and so of, of course then you had the lady the the, the eighty success of the Lakers and and the and the two thousand, so there wasn't a lot to hate on the Lakers. Um, so I think the next big one was when the Raiders finally made it to the Super Bowl in two thousand three, and we played the Buccaneers and just got smashed. I think that was another low point for me, but I think I think the one that that hurt me the most was in 2010 when the Lakers lost to the Boston Celtics in the finals. Uh, because, because, because I remember, because I remembered, you know, the history through the eighties, you know, the fact that Garnett Pierce and Allen all came together that first year, uh, just, it, this, this was supposed to be the Lakers, you know, coming out party and it just didn't end up working out that way. And I think that's the one that broke my heart the most. And they got, they got worked over pretty well in that series, if I remember right. What? Yeah, in fact, one game, I think they had like a 25-point lead and ended up losing it. And then they, then they got blown out by 30 in the, in the closeout game. That was the Pooh Pierce series. The, was that the Pooh Pierce series? Yes. That's, that's pretty low. Anytime the Lakers lose to the Celtics is low. Yeah, seriously. You know what? You know what? Laker moment I I'll never forget is actually the Ralph Sampson uh, shot, oh, yes. Houston Rockets. Yes, that that I'll never forget. Yeah, that was old. another one. But I think I think I was too young to really, you know, because really understand the moment. Yes, they lost, and yes, I was sad. Uh, and I and I think that's why the need and fewer kind of falls into the same category that, you know, in my lifetime the Dodgers and Lakers had had so much success up to that point that, you know, they lost, but it was like you never thought that they weren't going to be back that next season, 
you know and so I think that that's why as you get older it hurts more because you realize you know like as a Cubs fan that it takes you 105 years between championships you know that you know that yeah. you know we're looking back and we're saying that 88 was forever ago you know because you know Arizona's been there the Colorado Rockies have been to the World Series even I think the San Diego Padres have been to the World Series since the Dodgers have but you know you know, it could be worse. We could be looking at, you know, 100 years, like, you know, the Red Sox and like the Chicago Cubs, you know, so you just never know when that next opportunity is going to come. And I think as you get older, you realize that. And that's why these types of losses, when you're that close, it hurts even more. That's why that that Lakers loss to Boston is on my list. Also, I yep. have my real one, which is one you probably don't want to hear because it involves Portugal and the Euro in 2004. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but my, lo- my, lo- my loss and my Los Angeles one is the Lakers losing to Boston because uh, I, I was too young during the late 80s run for the Lakers to really like grasp oh, a championship babies. and fandom. <laughs> and so when when the Lakers would go to finals, it was that early 2000s run that I was you know really coming of age as a sports fan. And so the Lakers going to the finals and winning was you know was a gimme and so the heartbreak against the pistons was a low but the the boston one definitely hurt more because it was boston and and even though you know i have no history with that rivalry before you feel it you assume that when you're a laker fan you assume the history that comes along with that so to to say to see um boston celebrate and kevin garnett do his anything is possible i mean that just stung so much and it that one that was an all-time low as a sports fan uh as a laker fan yeah that's a rough one Vic, do you remember where you were when uh, lou gehrig gave his speech that had to have been a low <laughs> he, remembers when, he remembers when the dodgers came to la I, poor Vic. I, I was going to say, I was going to literally say that the 80s loss to the Celtics actually hurt me more than, uh, you know, than the than the 2000s because that was an iconic team going up against an iconic team. And I don't think that that Celtics team from the 2000s is necessarily an iconic team. And I hated Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and, and Robert Parrish and DJ. Like, I could not stand those guys. And that, that one actually hurt more for me than the 2000s. Do you still hate them? Like watching the thirty yes. for thirty. Oh yeah, you still hate them. Oh yeah. yeah. Can you feel it? I love yeah, it. I, I've softened a little bit on Larry Bird just because of his friendship with with Magic, and then yeah. I found out that he was one of the biggest trash talkers uh, in the NBA, which made me you know respect him a little bit more. Um, but guys like Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, um, no, Danny I, Ainge. I would I, <laughs> Danny Ainge. No, I can't stand those guys. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Besa, you yeah. got an all time low. Uh, yes, I do. And mine's a little bit of a different take. It's not as impactful as uh, Magic Johnson uh, finding out he has AIDS or the U.S. men's national soccer team. But well, it does good. have we need to do me with the Angels. Well, well, I don't know if it's a pick-me-up. We need a better topic, Jeff. And it, <laughs> it it has to do it has to do with the angels uh and just to give you some background i've always lived 20 minutes away it has to be the pool holes deal no 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 i've always lived around 20 minutes away from the angel stadium and i grew up in a time where i fell in love with the california angels the whole state of california on the uniform the state of california on the on the hat and i'm not a fan of change and throughout the years, the name of the Angels have changed. They started out with the California Angels. What? The Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company got involved. And what did they do? 
They hashed the name to the Anaheim Angels. Fine, I could go ahead and deal with that. But seven years later, they changed to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> we, have, we are not dealing with Los Angeles. I don't live in LA County, but I'm going to go ahead and deal with it. And if you look nowadays... Everything is about Los Angeles Angels. Let me correct you, Darren. It's actually the the Angels Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, and, and it's to the point where nowadays, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called crap. I'm not a fan of change. And what happens, that starts out as California Angels, we turn into this Los Angeles Angels. Of Anaheim. Of Anaheim. That, that. In LA County. Of Orange. In Orange County, yeah. yeah. Planet, planet Earth. <laughs> so dumb of the Milky Way the Los Angels of Earth. I like yeah. that. There we go. Good stuff. Well, you know what? That's plenty of uh, plenty of lows, guys. You did good. I hope you guys are are all okay. Eric and Vic. I hope I hope talking about this helped you guys through this difficult time with the the men's national team. We're here for you. Still hurts. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is an all time low for our podcast. <laughs> Was it really that bad? Oh, this might be on some. This might be on some list of uh, of people's yeah, people's saddest podcasts that they've ever listened to. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say that. All right, then let's Thanks pick this guys. thing up and talk about the Rams. <laughs> Big oh, yeah. win over the weekend versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, twenty-seven to seventeen. We now have as many wins this season as we did all of last season, and it's only through week six. Yeah, and and this this was a this was a quality win. Yes, it was it was a it was a quality win for our special teams. It's it's like the special teams, the defense, and the offense before they take the field, they're in the tunnel doing this rock paper scissors things, and whichever team wins, they're gonna go ahead and get the majority of the points. And for <laughs> Sunday's game, twenty points on the board was just from special teams. Um, Beginning of the season, it was all offense. A few weeks back, it was all defense. But one of these days, I'd like to see them still all back on the same page. But overall, I'm glad that uh, they pulled that win off of uh, Jacksonville. And anytime you can get a road win, I think that's important, especially against Jacksonville, who right. this year is is kind of one of those sleeper teams that a lot of people are talking about. So to go yep. away to Jacksonville, exactly. travel across country, yep. and walk away with a win, let, let, even though your offense may not have had a game that they were on fire, to still get a win and to have things to build on and improve on, I think that's a great sign for the Rams. Yeah. It could be worse. You could yeah. be a Raiders fan. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's go there. There's, there's a downswing. For, uh, for the rest of the Rams talk, you can go to the Rams House podcast presented by Guys in Shorts. And uh, you can find that on iTunes, and uh, well, you should be subscribed to it already. Um, all right, so let's move on to Ben's beloved Raiders. How do you lose to the San Diego Chargers, Ben? <laughs> uh, the L.A. Chargers, Jeff. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> I forgot I wasn't San Diego making fun Chargers of Rams fans. No, now that they have a couple of Rams fans are disappointed in you guys. You, you know what it is, Jeff? You believe the hype. That's, that's how you lose. Uh, I, I, you know, I've got no excuses, and this is going to be a very quick update. I think that Derek Carr came back too soon. I don't think that he should be risking, uh, his, you know, his future for a team that isn't going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, they, 
uh, you know, they obviously didn't play well. Uh, they lost. And as far as I'm concerned at this point, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty much eliminated from the playoff uh, at this point, and they should be looking to next season. Wow. So let me – I've got a question for you, Ben. Yeah. So last season, that hot season, was that a fluke? Or do you think no. they can get back to that with the core that they have? Well, see, that's that's – Offensively, they've been struggling, and I didn't realize how much uh, Latavius Murray really, really helped that team. You know, he really gave them balance, something that Marshawn Lynch isn't doing. Um, Derek Carr isn't playing the way he did last season, neither is Amari Cooper. So I think that these guys are having down years. So I think that, yes, I think in the long term, I've, I think that they've got the players in place and, and they've got a, a good, strong NFL coach that they could get back to where they were uh, last season. But obviously things have changed in the locker room and or uh, m- maybe just the, the change in, in running backs has, has made a difference. The, the Raiders just aren't the same team that they were last year. So I don't think that they will get back to where they were last year this season. But I do think that their future still looks bright because their stars are still young. I think they're still learning. Um, and this is just another lesson in the, in the book of, of life that you know you need to pick yourself up dust yourself off and you need to you know learn from your from your mistakes and and i do think that they probably read the press clippings a little bit too much last season coming into this season thinking that they were hot shit and that they were just going to walk over people and this is the nfl you don't do that in the nfl amen brother ben i got a question for you that's right if we if we went to exactly a year ago yeah and and i had bet you that at this time, right now, we would be talking about the Rams potentially having a playoff run and the Raiders' season being over, as you just said. Let me said. just stop you there. Let me just stop you there. We would have been in Vegas <laughs> parting on my dime. You're, that's, that's, so the question is, <laughs> yeah. what would you have bet? You would have bet a Vegas trip on your dime? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was no way. There was no way in wow. hell that that was going to wow. happen. Someone get yeah. to the time machine. I know, yeah. right? Fire up the flex capacitor. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, there's no. There's no way that that I would have foreseen this, especially if you had told me that Marshawn Lynch came out of retirement and that he was going to be our running back. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry, buddy. I really hate seeing you in pain. It's you know what it's okay. Uh, I'll be honest. I've been having so much fun with this Dodgers postseason that I haven't even really thought much about the Raiders. Well, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Way to way to see the rainbows and butterflies of things, Ben. That's thank so you so much, you. man. I, no, it's not like I me. Mean, you guys just you guys just pigeonhole me into being always hateful when you know in reality yeah. I love a yeah, lot of things. Us. Yeah, it's yeah. Us. You don't do that to yourself. Yeah, it's us. Right. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up with a little uh, galaxy talk. Emphasis on the little hammer. More soccer talk. Clap, 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 clap. What do you got for us? I'll keep a short soccer pod nowadays. (laughs) I love it. I love you guys. You guys are fantastic. In in the fifty-five minutes we had on the other soccer pod, the galaxy didn't didn't crack didn't crack the episode. So I had to save it for this show. 
<laughs> so uh, Galaxy played Minnesota United, an expansion team. This was the last home game of the season for the Galaxy, and they put in a win. They won 3-0. They did what they were supposed to do, and you have to give the Galaxy credit. How many times was I disappointed from, from them this season where they're supposed to do one thing and they don't do it? So I have to give the Galaxy credit where they're due because they were supposed to win this game, and they looked great. Roman Alessandrini, Allison Dreamy, our dude, yeah. he scored two goals and had an assist. Uh, we had a goal that went to video review, and they didn't call it a goal, but after video review, they gave us a goal. So we got you know the correct call and the correct bounces going our way. It was a nice send-off to the fans who have had to endure a horrible home season. And so it was nice for them to get a win. The, the bad news is, is that the Galaxy currently sit 22 out of 22 teams in the league, and they are in last place, and it is possible that they could finish, they could finish the season in last place uh, for the first time in their history. So we're talking record all-time low for, you know, if that's a the theme of our episode, this could be the worst team in Galaxy history, which is pretty spectacular. We have one game left which is against FC Dallas, who is fighting for a playoff spot. So our well, only incentive here is, st- is strictly to <laughs> be a, a spoiler for Dallas and to, to ruin their playoff chances. But the one bummer about this is if the Galaxy lose, then San Jose loses on a playoff spot. So if we win, we spoil Dallas. If we lose, we spoil San Jose. So really, we're all winners in the end because we're already out. So I don't it's care a win-win what situation. So, yeah, yeah, so if we yeah. lose and we knock San Jose out, fantastic. If we win and we knock Dallas out, that's great too. So it's really going to be a win-win end of the season, and I'm just glad that yeah. this season is done and that where the Galaxy is being put out of their misery. And then we'll look forward to... Whatever changes they make in the off season that you could listen to on Guys in Shorts FC. Hey Eric, I got a question. There you go. I got a question for you, Eric. Does Coach there Missionary? Is. <laughs> of course you do. Does Does Coach Missionary <laughs> position come back to your team and pull a Phil Jackson? No. No. Uh, Bruce Arena. <laughs> his time with the Galaxy is done. Coach Missionary that, position. Hey, that's how Eric described him, and I think it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, ben, uh, Bruce Arena will forever be entrenched in Ben's memory as coach missionary position. I don't think he comes back. If he were to come back, it would be like a front office position. And I think yeah. that the way the front office has been run, uh, the, the bridges have been burnt. So I don't see him coming back to the galaxy. A theory that I saw kicked around is that he has relationships with some of the people at LAFC. So if he went there, that would be an absolute kick in the nards. Uh, for the LA Galaxy and LA Galaxy fans. So he may, I, I think he, he's accomplished all he's needed to accomplish. But, you know, like Phil Jackson and, and people like that, they're never truly done. So we'll see what his next move is. But I think as far as time with the Galaxy, he can retire as a Galaxy great and he'll always be beloved among Galaxy fans. But uh, I don't think he'll, Bruce Arena will be involved with the Galaxy again. That's unfortunate. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we depressed everybody. Right. Yay. <laughs> Seriously. Yay, everyone. Oh, man. Complete. You know who's not depressed is Jesse Rivas. He won the Guys in Shorts Fantasy Football League this past weekend. If you'd like to join the uh, Guys in Shorts Fantasy Football League, uh, give us a tweet or an email or a or a shout or, or something, and we'll get you signed up for it. All right. We're out of here. Congrats, Jesse. Wait up. This just in. This, this just in. One more useless stat of the week. This just came in right now. It better be good news. Yeah, <laughs> Let's end on a high note. 
Chris Taylor is the first player in postseason history to homer as both a shortstop and a center and a center fielder, and he's done it in the same year. Oh, for Christ's sake! <laughs> yeah. that, you that, and your fucking that, now you and we're back. <laughs> That's back right. To, back to useless. Take us I home, Jeff. <laughs> You can get us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA and on Instagram at Guys in Shorts Sports. Also on Facebook, we're on the internet at guysinshorts.com. We have a store up there and um, leave a voicemail for us, 562-450-3356. And as always, please share the show with all your friends, review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can also subscribe there. Uh, and uh, tweet us your, uh, your low points. If you have a minute this week, we'd, we'd love to hear more depressing stories about our, our beloved sports teams. <laughs> All the ones we forgot. <laughs> There's a lot of them. For Victor Costello, Darren Besa, Ben Garcia, and Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. Go!